lines are open and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Well, it's a good day for singing the song and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? A good day from morning to night. Well, good morning, Grand Valley. Here we go again. Another edition of the Big Gig, the Watchdog Morning Show underway. The uh, Swing and Soiree keeps us going until 10 o'clock this morning. It is 7.09 right now. It is clear and cold, daytime high around 40, 22 Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 21 at the Highlands, 21 in Elm Grove, and 21 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Howard Monroe, Bob Slider here to keep you going all the way up until 10 o'clock this morning. It looks nice outside. Again, you always come in a little bit earlier than I do, so it's dark outside. It was really clear this morning when I came in, almost like daylight. But, man, cold, cold out there again. We were 62 yesterday morning. Not so fast. Winter, uh, Winter's not done yet. Yeah, 21 degrees. 22 right now at the airport, 62 at the airport. Yet. So 40-degree difference. And i got to give Adam and the team credit, man. They were right. We started out at 62, and that temperature dropped down into the freezing range pretty quickly by by afternoon. And the winds were whipping up a good bit yesterday, too. It turned out to be a really, really cold afternoon. I, I'm guessing you didn't get out in a do a whole lot outside yesterday i didn't howard and you know where bellsville ohio is it's right right over there in monroe county uh, near uh, near uh, woodsfield I, I guess they called it a tornado did, really did some damage uh, did homes and barns and trees and uh, yeah i think it was uh, sounds like we missed it here in wheeling but uh, a pretty a pretty touchy situation over there in monroe county i, I didn't catch that i knew even here the wind was I had to get out of my car at one point. Well, more than one point. But at one point when I got out of my car, I could hardly open the door. You know, the wind was so intense. And then tried to pull the door open. Glass door in the living room got swung open by the wind. It was really windy even here. Um, I was not up at the Highlands. I can't imagine. When it's windy, that is the worst place you want to be is the Highlands because they've got the wind is just whipping up there like crazy. And um, Wind is always blowing up there. Yeah, I can, yes, never, never stops. But I didn't see so over in Bar- Bellsville that area. They had uh, they had a bad, I guess. Hmm. A couple people, yeah. I got to check. It. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that information with me. Uh, I don't know if any of you all had any kind of particular weather problems yesterday. Again, it was cold by afternoon. It was very windy. We got we got some rain. Did we not get rain around here? Man, my mind isn't working right. We had some rain yesterday afternoon, though, right? We did throughout the day, morning, and I don't know how much. I didn't do much when I got home, so I this may be a little bit of sprinkles, but uh, uh, yeah, we got rain yesterday. Yeah, all right. Well, anyways, clear and cold this morning, high of 40, temperature right now uh, roaming around 21, 22 degrees, so uh, it's only going up to 40, so it's going to be a, a not the world's best day. Uh, the rest of the week gets warmer and warmer. We'll talk about that with Adam coming up later on. What do we have going today? Well, Bob, I don't know if you caught this or not. The impending traffic nightmare in our neck of the woods in Elm Grove is going to get made even worse. They're going to close the Mill Acre Bridge. 
And we'll bring up to date on all of that coming up in a minute or two. Jessica Ryan is in with us to discuss WVU Medicine's Children's Northern Region Outpatient Center. Johnny Hot, a well-known local MMA fighter, now running for the State House in West Virginia. He's in studio to share why he is running for that. The uh, Mountain State Senate okays a budget outline, but no talk of tax cuts or pay raises yet. The House okays their pay raise bill. Investigations continue into the police stop of Western Highway Commissioner Jimmy Wriston, but some discrepancies are cropping up in that. And the NFL Players Association listed the best to worst franchises in the NFL in the league. Steelers among the worst franchises for players in the NFL, according to the players. We're going to look at that coming up later on this morning. And before I go any further, sir, I should welcome uh, to you, welcome you to Happy Happy Leap Day. Happy Leap Day today. How often does this happen? Every four years. Okay, so, uh, well, maybe we'll see the next one, Howard. Oh, good Lord. I, <laughs> I hope we'll see the next one. I never thought about this aspect. Story crossed my desk this morning. I guess, I, to me, to me, Leap Day is just kind of a fun day. It's an extra day at the end of February, blah, blah, blah. If you're on salary, you end up working a day for free because – you get there's an extra day in the year, and so you don't get paid for it technically if you're on if you're on a flat salary hourly. I guess you would, um, but I guess that that happens a good bit. Fifty nine percent of Americans think that uh, they should get paid for leap day, get paid for the extra day. I wonder if any of our listeners, Howard, were actually born on February 29th. Maybe send Howard a text or give us a call and let us know. How's that work out for you? I would say that would be lousy. You asked that question once before, and I don't have an answer. What do what do leap day babies do on leap day? I guess you got to round it off, Howard. You know, if, if you were born on February 29th, if a baby is born this year, let's make it easy, February 29th, if a baby is born today, is their first birthday not till 2028? I mean, I don't know. It's a great question. Uh, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Uh, if you're a leap baby uh, or any thoughts on leap day today or leap year, give us a call. I kind of half understood what leap year is. I know somehow it's designed to make up for the way the Earth circles the sun, and we don't do it in an in a exact rotation, so therefore we have to give ourselves an extra day to keep the calendar going. Um, story I have here says it takes the Earth 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds to circle the sun. But if we say normally, what do we consider a normal year? It's, how, what, 365 days, right? So we lose 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds over time. Um, every four years, that is enough to make up one full day. If we didn't add an extra day, the calendar would shift about 25 days every uh, number of years, uh, and meaning that in about 600 years, Christmas would be in July. So that's that's why we have leap day, uh, leap year, and leap day, in order to uh, to accommodate the actual rotation of the sun compared to the uh, uh, compared to the the number of days we normally think about in a typical uh, calendar. I just found that interesting. And again, if any of you are leap babies. Bob asked the question once before, and I, I don't have an answer. I would love to have you text me if you're a leap baby, you know someone who is. What do you do? Are you are you one year old or are you, you know, are you one year old next year or are you not one year old until four years from now? Do you have a birthday on February 29th or do you just skip it? Do you only get one birthday every four years? I don't know. 304-214-1600. Now, before I get to the story that has me really frustrated, Bob, um, I just want to point out again. When I have been saying the last several days, I go out with my grandson when he scooters and I run. 
I mean, I, I make an effort to go quickly up the street. I pump my arms and I pick up my feet. You know, I, I, I engage in the motions of running and I move a little faster than a simple walk. I don't want anyone to think, even those of you who think I should start to get out and run and walk, I'm not like running or whatever. I got this yesterday dropped off here at the office from the Waterfront Times. This is the um, little newsletter that they put out, Dan Millison puts out from Waterfront Hall. With this circled for me, Howard, take note of this. The Waterfront Hall Running Club meets every Wednesday evening at 545 and every Saturday at 10 a.m. Maybe you should join the running club. I don't think people are getting my concept of the running that I do. It is I am not joining a running club anywhere. Waterfront. I may walk to Waterfront Hall and watch people run from there, sitting on the deck and having a Pepsi or something, but I'm not. So I guess I want to say I appreciate the person who thought of me and thought of this and brought me this, this piece of paper with the Waterfront Times. Again, it's a little newsletter that Waterfront Hall puts out. But uh, I, I'm just not joining a running club. And yesterday, too cold and too windy to even go scootering or running at all. Us yesterday didn't run at all yesterday. But the weekend's going to be nice, Howard. The weekend is going to be nice. I have told Teddy I would like to. Right now, we just scooter up and down our front street. I've told him what I'd like to do is to. Um, Take him up to, or take him out to maybe one of the parks where there's a lot more area, one of the parking lots that's not well used on the weekend, and let him scooter in the parking lots. We'll have to see. And again, I want to get him out on his bike. We haven't gotten the bike out yet. So, but anyways, thank you for telling me that I should be running uh, and going to uh, and going to a running club. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not going to. A, a running club. 718, 18 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Mark is going to explain how that Leap Year birthday works, Howard. Well, I would love to hear it. Good morning, Mark. Hello, Howie. I got a cousin that's a Leap Year baby, and today is her 18th Leap Year. Wow. Okay. So, so she, she is 72. So so when they ask her how old is, he, is she, does she say 18 or 72? Uh, she's 72, Howie. Oh, okay. All but right. really, she's only had 18 birthdays. Yeah, she's only had 18 birthdays, you know. I mean, Eight, 18 actual birthdays. anniversaries of her birthday. She celebrates it on the 28th, sometimes on the 1st, but usually the 28th. Well, happy birthday to her. Indeed, happy birthday. But but I'm going to tell you, if I was a leap baby, I would be, my age especially, I would be taking advantage of the fact that I could claim I could claim I was a whole lot younger by, by cutting my, my age in a, by, by four, you know, dividing by four, but... So she said well, that, and it, if you join the running club, you couldn't live that much longer. No, <laughs> I may not make it to the next team. You're probably right. All right, Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Seven nineteen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Here we go again. I'm not going to get into this. Howard, there's a nice bike trail in St. Clairsville. Well. Uh, again, but I, Howard lives in Elm Grove. I live in Elm Grove, so I'm not sure the bike trail in St. Clairsville. There's actually, well, you know, a bike trail in Elm Grove too. So that's, that's uh, but thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I am going to try to get, uh, I have an old bike. Do you have a bike? Have you ridden a bike for a long time? I do not own a bicycle. I think I could probably jump right on and ride one, but it's been a while, Howard. Maybe we should, maybe we should start our own little riding routine. Yeah, what do you think? Put it in the back of your Jeep, bring it down here. You know, we could ride around the we parking lot. We could cycle lot. home. Ride, ride around the parking lot out here. Let's see. Um, <laughs> this is probably not good for me. Uh, this person then goes on to say the uh, bike trail is near the Red Lobster. 
See, I wouldn't make it past the Red Lobster. Though. Yeah, that wouldn't work. And also, Howard, if we did take up uh, bicycling, uh, we'd have problems just like uh, the traffic woes downtown because we couldn't get through uh, yeah, Tunnel I, Green. We could just have to bicycle well, there and turn around and go back. Tunnel Green is a, yeah, that's right. I don't know if you can get through downtown even on a bike anymore. Uh, 304-214-1600. Leap babies celebrate birthdays on the February 28th during non-leap years, says one of our texters. I mean, I, I suppose that's what you do, but... I like doesn't seem fair though, does it? No, it doesn't. But well, maybe or maybe not. Again, when you're 80, and you realize that if you only celebrate every four years, you'd actually be 20. Uh, you know, I mean, can you imagine saying to somebody when you're, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna do the math here. You're 54, but you claim, well, I'm, I'm only 17. They go, wow. You look good for your age. <laughs> and, and I understand how it works, Howard. you got to do something to balance it out, like you said, or you'd be uh, celebrating Christmas in July. But don't you think there has to be a better way than adding an extra day every four years? Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what it would be. I mean, I don't pay. Honestly, other than the day when it occurs and we talk about it on the radio, I don't pay that much attention to it. It's leap year. It's leap day. hoopty dappa dappa. The only thing I pay attention to the leap year is – for example, if I, I know if Christmas is on um, Tuesday this year, I, I don't know what it's on. I've just made that up. If Christmas is on Tuesday, I normally know it's on Wednesday next year. And if it's a leap year, I know i got to jump jump a day. That's the only thing. Yeah, it I, kind of screws that up, too. Yeah, it even screws that. That's the only thing I, I pay attention to. 721 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. All right. When we come back. A little bit more talk about running, Howard? No, we're not talking about running. We're going to talk about sitting in traffic. We're going to talk once again about the troubles in Elm Grove, and I, I am shaking my head. I do not understand what is going through the mind of the Department of Highways. We spent a good bit of last week talking about the impending closure of the Stone Arch Bridge leading from Elm Grove to the Monument Place area and all the traffic trouble it's going to cause. And now the Department of Highways announced yesterday they're only going to make it worse. Tell you about it next. Watchdog Morning Show. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. as well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. I was the first in my family to go to college. I was looking to switch careers. I wanted the highest quality, but most affordable option for a degree. No matter where you are in life, West Virginia Northern Community College can make your dream of a college degree a reality. With over half of our students being first-generation college students and free tuition for many programs, Northern is the right choice for you. I can go to college. 
West Virginia Northern Community College. You belong here. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Amarillo by morning Up from San Antonio Everything that I got Is just what I've got on 7.24 on a Thursday morning. Thursday is always uh, country bumper music. Who is that? I vaguely recognize. I can't put my name to it. That is the greatest country music singer of all time, Howard. His name is George, George Strait. Jo- okay. I knew George was in my head. I couldn't think of it. George Strait. Okay. Very good. You call it, You think he's the greatest of all time? I know he's the greatest. I mean, you look at record sales and just sticking around and just, he's true country too. So yeah, he's and, not and one of those guys that just... Yep. After flashing around, dancing a little bit, Howard. Country he's, means, he's true blue. Country means such a different thing today than it did. Here we go again. When you and I were growing up, Bobby, country was country. Old school, you just needed that uh, guitar, Howard. That's a, all you needed. little twang and you were okay. 725 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. This came to me in a um, text yesterday afternoon. I think I was on my way to pick up Teddy. And I looked at it and I thought, no, this can't be right. Surely there's something wrong. I'm reading this wrong. Maybe I misunderstand it. It can't be right. A portion of the Kruger Street Bridge in Elm Grove is going to be closed beginning Monday, March 18th, through the end of May. So about two months, basically. Um, now, the Kruger Street Bridge goes over Wheeling Creek from the Kruger Street, from Kruger Street, obviously, to essentially to Mill Acres. And to that road that leads, if you turn to the right, to the Elm Terrace. If you turn left, you go up to Mill Acres, if you know what we're talking about in the Elm Grove area. Now, this would have been, and eventually I guess will be, one of the major alternate routes you could use when they closed the Stone Arch Bridge for construction, which we talked about a good bit last week. At this point, Bob, this means the only access to the, I lose track of directions, but uh, to towards Mill Acres, towards Elm Grove School, towards Cardinal Health. up The, the only access will be East Cove Avenue. And what that also means it's going to be even more difficult to get away from that uh, traffic uh, section of oh. uh, doom and gloom and maybe even death. Yes. Is, uh, Howard recalled it was a five-point intersection there, and, and it is. That's just going to put more traffic there, Howard. And you know what? I met I met Charlie Reynolds a couple times, and I thought Charlie was a really good guy. I thought he was uh, really smart. But, man, Charlie, you got to come out there and look at this. Uh, and, again, Howard and I live there, so this is really, really close to home for us. But it really disappears to me that you're just putting the screws to us out there in Elm Grove because I don't think you realize what a mess. And every additional traffic you put there is just going to make it worse and worse. And, it's, and, it's, and when they closed Stone Arch Bridge, we spent a huge amount of time with it last week. It is going to be a traffic nightmare to begin with. And again, the real fearful thing is that five-point intersection, the bottom of Bethlehem Boulevard, as Junior Avenue comes out, and East Cove Avenue, and Ida Bell, and so on. But at least Kruger Street, you could use as an alternate route, get up there, go across the bridge, kind of split the cars a little bit on that side of the 
this is crazy. And how bad will it be, Howard? I mean, okay, the bridge is going to be one lane, I take it. Not completely shut down, but only one side of traffic can come at a time. I, I imagine they're going to have to put one of those uh, traffic signals up there but so people won't have to merge on their own. How far will that back up uh, towards McDonald's on Kruger Street, Howard? Well, I think it'll back up all the, <laughs> all all the, the way. way. So now you're going to have people at the intersection wanting to go up Kruger, and they're going to have to sit still because there's nowhere for them to go. Yeah. Uh, on the, now, the reverse could happen, though, Bob. Kruger Street could become a ghost street. I mean, unless you're going to Patterson, it's no longer a throughway. You okay. Then 88 will be backed up all exactly, the way past Bridge Street, all the way towards exactly, Elm Grove. That's exactly right. It's going to, I mean, the, the backup is just crazy. Now, I got a lot of response to this on my Facebook page yesterday. Most frustrated, like you and I are, to the Department of Highways, please don't close this bridge. Forcing this much traffic to the intersection of 88 and East Cove Avenue will likely result in someone getting killed, which is a point that you and I have made. Really, Charlie? Okay. Somebody tell Charlie. This is this is serious. I mean, and we're not talking about there will be accidents. There already are accidents. But there will be accidents. We're talking about the possibility of somebody getting killed. You talk about truck traffic, bus, school bus traffic, uh, regular uh, car traffic uh, coming into that five-point intersection. It, it could be, and everybody will be trying their best. Everybody's going to be so mad and so frustrated with the traffic to begin with. They're going to be zip, zip, trying to, you know, get through as quick as they can. Maybe I see a little opening. I'll get between those two cars. Trouble is coming. It, it really is, Howard. They need more of a police presence there. And this isn't just going to be an inconvenience for, I don't know, a month or two months. No, we're talking a year. The Stone Bridge is going to be closed And if for you pay taxes in this town, like Howard and I both do, you ought to be able to get home after work. Uh, another text. When the Stone Bridge closes, that, br that bridge, the Kruger Street Bridge, would be a convenient detour for many of us in the area, which is, was my plan already. I, my plan had been to forego, I live in Elm Terrace, my plan had been to forego even using East Cove Avenue. I was just going to go in and out down Kruger Street out that way. At the very least, I'd be hitting a stoplight on Kruger Street. So that was my game plan. Eh, can't do that anymore, according to this. Uh, text, who is the person that thought this up? You have one way in and one way out. You have a school full of children, a pharmaceutical company, plus a couple of neighborhoods full of people above the school and below the school. Then you have people coming down from Wheeling Creek. Somebody needs to look at this again. Yeah, so they'll just go on down to the deadly intersection there at Idabel Avenue. That's what they'll do. If, if they can make it because the traffic will be backed up. I'm telling you, traffic will back up from that intersection. Forgot about the school kids, Howard. Yeah, because oh, I see them every day. We go that way. I, we, I think we pass five, six school buses in a two-minute period going there. Now, somebody else says, folks, don't panic. Oh, no. I bet you don't live in Elm Grove. It'll be okay. We will survive and life will go on. These are state projects. The city has nothing to do with it. I'll get to that in a minute. No closing date for the Hump Bridge officially announced. So only the Kruger Street Bridge has a firm date. That is sort of true. The Department of Highways said March. March. They didn't give us a firm date. Uh, with the uh, the Kruger Street Bridge is going to close on March 18th. So what did I said? March. Uh, yeah, March 18th. The Kruger Street Bridge will close on March 18th. So it's a firm date for there. But the Department of Highways has said Stone Arch Bridge work will begin 
in March. And I'm feeling like gambling a little bit, Howard. I will bet right now the Hunt Bridge closes before the Mar. What do they call it out there crossing the creek? Yeah, Cougar Street Bridge, Mar. There you uh, go. Middle Acres Bridge. What do you want to call it? Because yeah. we got what? Um, we got uh, over two weeks for that. The way they sounded. March. Well, March is tomorrow, right, Howard? Right. Okay, now, so I think it's going to be sooner than later. I would have assumed probably March 9th, maybe. They said March, so it's not firm. But we're going to, it's, it's going to overlap. Now, it's not going to overlap the whole time, apparently. Kruger Street Bridge will not be closed for the entire year. Stone Arch Bridge, a year. Kruger Street Bridge will be closed for a couple of months, they say. Um, but... For those two months, it's going to be the two months when everybody is trying to figure out how are they going to get around, and they can't get around. Now, I want to say this, referencing this last person who says, you know, everything, buddy, slow down, don't worry, it'll it'll work out. And the person is right. We have not heard a closing date for the Hump Bridge, the Stone Arch Bridge. Nothing's yet officially been announced. That in itself is a problem. You know, D.K. Wright did a whole story about it, a lead story on TV7 News last week. That no communication has been had with the city. Nobody has said from the highway department to the city what's going to happen, when. Are they going to do any kind of traffic control? Are they going to put stoplights or some kind of directional signals at the deaf intersection? We don't know. They haven't said a word about it. If I was Jody Prather there at Elm Grove at Gumby's, I would be talking to my lawyer because it's going to destroy his business. Why would anybody go through that drive-through? Because now you're going to be stuck. You got nowhere got to nowhere go. Nowhere to go. That's exactly right. So up until yesterday, my biggest concern was on the other side of the bridge, the what I would you know the Elm Grove side, not the McDonald's side. But now it's the now it's the McDonald's side. It's, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. It's it's absolutely everywhere now. Uh, let me give – maybe this texture is right. Maybe no date has been set for the Hump Bridge and not, a firm date has not been announced. Maybe they will hold off on that. I don't know. Maybe they'll decide, oh, geez, we better get this Kruger Street Bridge done first. But if it's not a really terrible job of planning, then it is among the most miserable jobs of communication I've ever seen. That's why I started my rant out with a personal note to Charlie Reynolds. Charlie, please go out there and look because that texter is right. If you could somehow stagger that, do one, uh, which would be the, the Kruger Street Bridge first, that makes all the sense in the world, Howard. I do not know this to be true, and it, it makes some logical sense, but nobody has said this in any official capacity. But several people I talked to last night, including some folks in halfway in the know, said that they think the Department of Highways, after announcing the Stone Arch Bridge, got thinking, we better make sure the other bridges can handle the extra traffic, right? Since that the Kruger Street Bridge will be taking more traffic after the Stone Arch Bridge. Absolutely. Closes. And so maybe they decided, geez, we better get that bridge fixed, upgrade it. I did take a look at the uh, latest uh, uh, engineering report on that bridge. Uh, it has uh, got a couple of deficient parts. Uh, it doesn't have anything that's in excellent shape. It's got some things that are okay. It's not... So they may. So maybe that's true. Maybe they said, "Okay, you know what? We better do this Kruger Street Bridge first. Better get this done first. Would you bet on that, Howard? Yeah, I'm done. probably not. But maybe they did. Maybe they did. My point is, if if it's if then the problem is nobody. Where's this communication? I, I did not hear from. I don't didn't see anything from Bob Heron yesterday or those in the city. I did see Davy Palmer making a comment, and he, and he said again, nobody has told the city anything. 
Did you check that text out? That didn't come from Charlie Reynolds, did it? <laughs> Nobody has told the city anything. Again, so when is the Stone Arch Bridge going to close? I went and looked. I couldn't find the highway department announcement. I did see in the intels where the first word of this was last week or two weeks ago. Uh, Derek Red had a story. It said Department of Highways has said the bridge, Stone Arch Bridge, will be start work will start in March. Again, didn't give a date, but in March. So all right, I'll give him the time. It could be tomorrow. It could be in four weeks. I'll give him that. Okay, but still, we know that the uh, Kruger Street Bridge is going to go until at least the end of May, basically. So there's gonna, it's gonna, it's a mess. It is either a terrible boondoggle decision made about the work, or it is the most miserable job of communication I've ever seen. And, you know, we've had trouble with the, with the communication from the Department of Highways here on the streetscape. They never talk, they never tell anybody about what they're doing, what streets they're closing, and so on. It's just, you know, I'm not one of these fist pounders usually, but and maybe because it affects me directly. Wait till next month. But this is just, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a disaster. And maybe they have plans. That's my point. You know, I, I, I want to even give them the benefit. Maybe there are plans. Maybe they have plans for some kind of, of traffic signals or traffic. I don't know what they could do. Um, I have some ideas. But I don't know what they could do. Maybe they do. If they do, great. Tell us. Give us a date for the start of the Stone Arch Bridge. Give us the plans you have in mind for the detours and so on. Tell us if you're, what you're going to create, where you're going to create, create traffic signals. How do you plan to deal with the killer intersection, with the death intersection? Um, I just, I, I couldn't believe this. I literally couldn't believe When I got, I, I mean, as in, it came to me, I thought, it's got to be a joke. It's got to be a joke when somebody sent it to me. And I'll tell you another one. Again, yes, am I looking at all the gloom and doom scenarios? I think you have to. I can picture, just like Howard, a traffic deadlock in Elm Grove. How does a how does a firefighter get to uh, Lumber Avenue or Overbrook Avenue or somewhere on Kruger Street if if the roads are jammed? Where do those cars go to let the fire truck go by? Well, let's talk about that. What is right there at the immediately when you get off East Cove Avenue? There's a firehouse. There's right a firehouse there, there. but <laughs> they can't get out. Howard. <laughs> they can't. And I'm going to tell you, I have seen times. When there's been, tra- you know, when maybe there's an accident on 470, and so the 470 traffic coming down Bethlehem Boulevard is so continuous, the lineup is backed up all the way to, to Kruger Street and all the way up the hill. I have seen times, literally myself, I've watched times when the fire engine comes out and just sits there and it's like, honk, 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 but there's nowhere for him to go. So in this case, if let's picture that there's a, there is a, um, uh, a, a fire or an emergency on the End of Kruger Street, closest to National Road. What does that fire station have to do there off of East Cove Avenue? they got to go get through the traffic, out onto East Cove, make a left turn, try and get back through the traffic onto East Cove, which will likely be all backed up because they don't have the, the other bridge open. And they'll be sitting there waiting while the fire is burning. They could sit there and look and say, oh, look across the creek. How long is our hose? I see the fire. Yeah, exactly. Can we throw a hose across the Look, maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm just getting too frustrated with this, but I just think it is an absolute disaster. If you have any thoughts on this, you can text me 304-214-1600 or you can call us at 304-232-8255. I am sorry I have ranted. Bob has ranted a little bit longer than we're perhaps. concerned. But but and in case you can't tell, we're a little nervous about this whole thing. And it's not just for me. Look, am I am I concerned about how it's going to affect my commute? Uh, my daily traffic, 
because I'll be directly in the midst of all of that. And so will you, Bob? Yes, I, I have personal concern about that. But I am so concerned about the death intersection there at the bottom of Bethlehem Boulevard. Uh, I, I have been anyways, and this just compounds it and triple compounds it. Let's get Taylor in here. She's got Ohio Valley headlines and the Big Seven, then Adam is coming up. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 29th. If you're planning to drive down West Virginia Route 2 in Ohio County, you might want to leave a little bit early. They're doing some gas line maintenance at 302 Main Street in Wheeling today, and it's going to be down to one lane from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Flaggers will be there to keep things moving, but you might want to take it slow and expect delays. Meanwhile, in Steubenville, today, tomorrow, and on Monday, the southbound right lane of Route 7 is going to be closed from South Street to the South Corporation limit. This will be happening from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. each day, and you'll still be able to use the left lane. Just remember to take it slow and keep an eye out for any changes in the traffic pattern. Crews are closing the lane to do maintenance and clear out vegetation along the right shoulder. The gateway to the future of the friendly city was presented last night at the Capitol Theater. The Wheeling Convention and Visitors Bureau and Tipping Point unveiled the official results of the Wheeling Gateway Center survey and invited the public to give live feedback on everything they want to see from arts and culture to dining and even what building materials they would like to see. The main takeaway was the goal of the new Gateway Center would be to enhance Wheeling's essence and showcase the suspension bridge, not to draw away from it. Following Governor Justice's $2 million Almer program awards, bids for the Wheeling Inn demolition were released. It will be decided by the end of March. The event was live streamed on YouTube with the link available on our website. And Wheeling Park High School had its doors wide open for future freshmen yesterday for their early All About Park event. It lets new students and their parents get a feel for WPHS and check out all the programs they have going on. The students even got to meet some of the teachers and coaches they'll be seeing around and had a chat with school counselors about how to schedule for high school. All About Park is the official kickoff to the middle school transition plan for incoming ninth graders who will be the class of 2028. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Tither Long, working for you. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Why not me? to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is a clear and cold morning today. Daytime high up to around 40. Adam's in a minute to talk about what's coming up during the day today and the rest of the week. Right now, it is cold, though. We're roaming 21 degrees pretty much everywhere here in the upper Ohio Valley. But, Adam Fike, it is, it's actually a nice-looking morning outside. Sun is up. It's nice and clear, at least what it was when I came in. Nice, clear, crisp morning. Oh, definitely a much calmer start to the morning than what we had yesterday. Just cold, like you said. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a it's a much better day. I, apparently, some parts of our upper Ohio Valley had particularly bad weather yesterday. I mean, we had 
some high winds that I was aware of, and we had some, you know, some some uh, uh, some significant rain. But I guess some parts got in pretty bad, right, over in eastern Ohio, especially. Yeah, especially northern Monroe County National Weather Service is coming to do storm surveys. I think they sometime this morning before between what was that nine and nine or something this morning, but. They're not exactly sure what it was, if it was strong winds or if it was indeed a tornado. We shall see what they report. Well, whether it officially was by definition a tornado or not, I guess it was still pretty bad, right? I mean, the fact that there was barns completely just blown apart, there was damage to houses, trees, yeah, power lines, bad. it was not good. <laughs> I'd, call that, I'd, call that, I'd call that pretty bad, absolutely. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, today is going to be a... Uh, you know, I mean, it's not going to be a great day. Uh, not uh, 40 degrees. We'll see some sunshine today. Just an, just kind of an okay day, I guess, right? I would say it's been a nice day. Yes, it's going to be cold, but it's going to be pretty much clear skies throughout the day. So, well, yes, it's cold. The sun's at least going to allow things to feel a bit warmer than it actually is. And then we begin to really warm up again. It's just like we had last week. We had that one really cold day in the middle of the week. Same thing this week. Yesterday, it, man, that temperature, I couldn't believe, I know you told us, but I just couldn't <laughs> believe how much that temperature dropped during the day. I mean, from I mean, 62 in the morning, it was down to it like... It dropped even quicker than I thought it was going to. Yeah, it, 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 just, it was frigid um, and windy, and the wind made it even, even worse. But, mm-hmm. but the good news is we'll have a moderate day today, 40 or so, I guess, am I right? And then we begin to warm up the rest of the week, yes? Yep, just about 40 today. Most of us really in the low 40s, but can't roll out a few spots in the upper 30s. Tomorrow and Saturday, we're back into the 50s, but we could see a few showers late tomorrow evening, more so dinner time tomorrow night through Saturday sunrise, and then the rest of the time is spent with clouds in the 50s. And then we actually begin pushing close to 70 by the time we get to the end of the weekend in the next week, yeah? Yep. Sunday, we're in the upper 60s. I wouldn't be surprised if a few spots do push into the 70s. But Sunday, upper 60s, pretty much not as clear as today, but still plenty of sunshine. Monday, most of us should get into the low 70s. Still sunshine. Tuesday, once again, upper 60s. A few spots still holding on to the 70s. But more rain showers do return Tuesday into Wednesday. So yesterday was the bad day. Today is, I call it a moderate day. You said, I'm going to call it moderate day. And then things get better. And there'll be some rain for a couple of days, or at least some light showers, I guess. But uh, uh, temperature-wise, going to be good. We're, we're beginning March, and March uh, takes us into nice warm weather. Hopefully it stays that way. Uh, hopefully. But the good news, though, is any of those rainy chances, it's none of them look to be all-day rain chances. Like Friday, most of tomorrow stays dry. Most of Saturday's dry. Most of Tuesday's dry. So no day's going to be a washout like what we saw yesterday. All right. That's, I, I like the sound of that. 22 right now, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Then 21 degrees everywhere else. I've got 21 at the Highlands, 21 in Elm Grove, 21 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Clear and cold uh, this morning, so make sure you bundle up. And it's not going to get all that much warm, 40 today or so. But, it's, you know, you're going to need to wear a warm jacket today, that's for sure. Yeah, it could be worse. I mean, I would. That's actually where we should be for this time of year. It's just about forty to forty-five. Yeah, so we're where we should be. I got you. All right, sir. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks very much. Have yourself a great day.
Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. See you. Adam, Adam Fike, Big 7 here on the Watchdog Morning Show, 13 to the hour. Lots of, Once again, um, Frio Stack, Oxnard's text line going wild on the, well, on several things, but primarily on this uh, closing of the Kruger Street Bridge in Elm Grove perhaps at the same time or close to the same time as the closing of the Stone Arch Bridge. Uh, question mark, school buses on Kruger Street? Well, that's, yeah, school buses. When when the Kruger Street Bridge is closed, um, the, the buses normally, I know this because I get behind them, they normally go up Kruger Street over the bridge up to Elm Grove Elementary School. They'll all have to go. So if they have people to drop off, they'll have to go up Kruger Street and drop people off on Kruger Street and or pick up, depending on what time of day. And then go back down Kruger Street and over to East Cove Avenue to get to the school. Again, just going to be just going to be a mess. Uh, real quick, one more maybe. Um, leave one lane open with a light to take turns. And you're hey, that's smart. But when you're sitting there waiting for the light to to change, that's just going to back everything up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate your text. A lot more text coming in. I'll get to them coming up in a bit here on the Watchdog Morning Show. A slider on sports in a minute or two as the Watchdog Morning Show continues. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, the Health Plan. HP Excavating and Septic Cleaning has been serving the Ohio Valley for 48 years, offering septic, plumbing, repair, insulation, and excavation work. Don't let just any company work on your septic system. Call us today at 304-242-7443. Our number one business is your number two. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Put on your bobby socks, baby. Roll up your old blue jeans. There's a band playing down at the armory. Knows what rock and roll really means. I want to 
go down and see what that band's playing. That sounds pretty good, Dave. 751, 9 before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Frio Stack, Ox Service, text line 304-214-1600. Howard, the only reason you and Bob are making such a big deal of this is because it affects you. There are traffic problems everywhere in the Ohio Valley. You don't make such a big deal about that. Well, wait a minute. Howard and I, first of all, aren't the only ones that live in Elm Grove. This is going to affect a lot of people and a lot of businesses. I mean, really, and we see it. So this is going to be bad. Just trust us because we live it. We we, we deal with it every day. And, yes, it is really too close to home for me. Yeah, listen, I will accept that criticism, if that's what it is, up to a point. Yes, uh, it directly affects Bob and I. It we will we will have to be particularly careful in our planning of getting to and from home and work and everything else. Um, so yes, there is a personal issue there. What that means is we really understand the problems because we do, we live it. Um, and it it is as Bob said, it's much more. It's not just. I mean, I will complain and Bob will complain anyways, but. If it just impacts you and I going to work, Bob, after a little while, we realize that nobody else would care. This is a big deal. This makes a this is a huge area of the city. And we've talked more and more where we really, you know, people are saying, geez, we hear you. We hear you because we were so compassionate about the, the businesses downtown that are affected by this nightmare. And it's going to be worse in Elm Grove because you're really going to have gridlock. You're going to have cars that couldn't move if they wanted to. It's going to be that bad. Yes, it is. And. I I will accept that we pay attention to this because we're involved in it. But I also will say that if we're aware of traffic nightmares like this other places, I think we try and bring it to people's attention. Well, you know we do, Howard. So um, thank you for your text, though. 304-214-1600. Eight before the hour. Why don't we shift from uh, traffic to sports? Here's Slider on sports. Let's do it, Howard. Tuesday night, girls basketball. The Lady Wheeling Central Maroon Knights. You heard it here on the Watchdog Radio uh, Network. They advanced to Charleston. They win the Region 1 championship, beating Parkersburg Catholic 63-49. to Caitlin Blake led the way with 29 points. Addie Payton added 14 points for Wheeling Central. So congratulations. They're going to Charleston, Howard. Out of boy. Out of girl. Yeah, girls. Girls. <laughs> the boys maybe too. We're going to wish them Out of boy, girls. <laughs> we, want all, we want all of them to go to Charleston. Right. Uh, if you're planning on staying up and watching the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, well, it's going to be a late night. The Pens are in Seattle to take on the Kraken. Pittsburgh is looking for their fourth straight win. The Penguins are coming off a 4-3 win at Vancouver. Pittsburgh at Seattle, that's a 10 o'clock Eastern time start. The Penguins still trail the Tampa Bay Lightning by seven points for that last playoff spot. Last night, the Wheeling Nailers were on the road taking on the Reading Royals. Jeez, Howard, I can't find my paper. I got something oh. else here. Well, they're on the road to meet the Reading Royals. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, but uh, and, uh, <laughs> not a great night last night for Wheeling. The Nailers shut out four to nothing. Uh, they were saving up all their goals for this Friday for the Cincinnati game tomorrow night. Uh, the Nailers take on the Cyclones in Cincinnati. This is the sheet I, I'm looking for, Howard. You might have to help me here uh, <laughs> because there's a lot more to that. It's a big night at Waterfront Hall. Do you have that sheet? I do. Yes, I do. Waterfront Hall. Uh, uh, this is uh, this this is Friday night, right? It is tomorrow. Yes, I have it here. It is a watch party. So the Nailers are on the road. They are in Cincinnati, but they're having a big shindig down at uh, Waterfront Hall. Brought to you by the Pine Room Podcast, Wheeling Nailers, and the fine folks at Waterfront Hall. Six thirty, they get started. You know what? I'll bet they have giveaways. 
Lots of giveaways, I, Howard. What funny do you, do you say will, that? Will they have, do you think there will be drink specials of any kind? Drink specials, Howard. Can maybe you think of anything else? Maybe they they'll, you know what will be fun is it would be if they played trivia and some games and things like that. Donnie Gilbert trivia or Naylor trivia? Well, no, I mean like, you know, maybe Naylor. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> and Howard is right. All those things, there's going to be games and so much more. A big screen TV to watch the Naylors and one. the Cyclones. I maybe, I don't know. It's a big party. So uh, check it out. Tomorrow night, 6.30, that's March 1st, at Waterfront Hall. Be there at 6.30. Just to think all the things you you get to, A, watch the Nailers, B, enjoy Waterfront Hall, which is a great addition to the Upper Ohio Valley, and most importantly, meet the Pine Room Boys. Hang out with those guys, yeah. yeah. That's better than hanging out with us, I guess. Yeah, they don't want to hang out with us, Howard. <laughs> but yeah, check it out tomorrow night. Really serious. It's going to be a great evening. Starts off at 6.30 at Waterfront Hall. Slatter on Sports Time, 7.56. Uh, it's the Watchdog Morning Show. Let's see. You got to check a couple more texts coming in here. The this is having to do with the um, again closing of the Kruger Street Bridge in Elm Grove, which apparently is going to happen at about the same time as the closing of the Stone Arch Bridge. Now, again, I want to be clear since somebody texted on this, there actually has not been a firm date yet for the Stone Arch Bridge. They simply said in March. But it certainly looks like the two are going to coincide tremendously. Now, maybe, maybe they'll decide, wait a minute, we better, we better wait until the Kruger Street Bridge is fixed before we get back. They put off that Stone Arch Bridge for a couple of years, Bob. Maybe they'll wait. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. Frio Stack Auction Service text line, wait till there's a major wreck on 70 or 470. And then, yeah, that's right. Then that'll just make the whole thing. And it, it doesn't happen all the time, but there are occasions that Two Mile Hill is shut down. What do they do? Well, they take all that traffic on Interstate 70 and they run it right through Elm Grove. So, yeah, we're bitching and complaining because we know it's going to be bad. And, yes, it affects us. We live in Elm Grove. And with due respect, I'm going to I'm gonna suggest that you might be I think it does happen frequently, the Two Mile. I mean, at least once a week it seems like a lane or two is shut down or on whatever on Two Mile Hill. Any little complication, any little glitch in the traffic grid during this closing of the Stone Arch Bridge will will multiply things by by dozens. Uh, the Department of Highways is definitely unanswerable to anyone or any community in West Virginia. Seems to be the case. I agree with that. They're, you know, they're not, and we saw it with the, with the uh, streetscape. They just did what they wanted to do, and and I had heard for years. Well, for a couple of years, I heard from the mayor, from Bob Heron. They kind of were quiet about it because they didn't want to antagonize the Department of Highways anymore. That they never were able to get any real communication going to the Department of Highways. Never got any real, you know, suggestions on what's going to happen next. And then, then they all hell broke loose and they closed off Market Street a couple of months ago. And then the Department of Highways began to at least talk to them a little bit, but but they didn't talk to the city about that. And what I'm hearing, I, I heard Dave Palmer's comments, and then. I'm going to assume it's true from everybody else. On this Arch Stone Arch Bridge and Kruger Street Bridge, eh, no, nobody told him. Hey, and, by, hey, by the way, we're essentially closing down one of your major neighborhoods. Yeah, and look, I, live on, day. I live on Overbrook Avenue. It's going to affect me. But how about those people over in Patterson, Howard? How are they going to get home? Everything is going to be backed up. And if you take that Kruger Street Bridge away from them, it's it's even worse. Yeah, it's just it's going to be, again, it already was a traffic. What is worse than a nightmare? I'm trying to, it was already a traffic nightmare. Now it becomes a traffic, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it's just it's just going to be. It's going to be bad. I'm just going. It's going to be bad, and I'm sorry if people think I'm exaggerating or 
saying it because it's personal. I don't. I, I listen. It's going to be a real problem in the Elm Grove section of Wheeling. All right, coming up next hour, Johnny Hot is an MMA fighter, a trainer here in the Upper Ohio Valley, and he is now also a candidate for the House of Delegates in West Virginia from here in Ohio County. We'll talk to him a bit about his uh, why he's running and what he'd like to do when he gets to Charleston. Will he teach him to fight? That's my question. Uh, also coming up in the next hour of the show, Jessica Ryan from WVU Medicine with our uh, monthly update on some things happening at WVU Medicine. This time we'll be talking about their outpatient children's clinic that is uh, in the planning stages. Um, all this and more coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 22 at the airport, 21 everywhere else in the Ohio Valley, and it's 8 o'clock. Oh.